This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Uh, Thank you so much. Good morning and welcome to Friday, everybody. The weekend is almost here. It's almost like I can taste it. Got the weekend staring at us. We've got our final day of the cash codes and the possible $10,000, daily $2,000 winners. Cash code for the spring segment of the year wraps up today. You know, we bring the cash code back uh, periodically. Mm -hmm. We've been doing it for several weeks, so we're coming up to the end of the spring session of the cash code for GoFundYourself. That's what it's all about. You don't need somebody else to go fund you if you can go fund yourself. <laughs> and if you win $2,000 a day, that goes a long way toward funding yourself. If you were the $10,000 winner, that goes even further. That's right. We'll have cash code keywords all day. The first one's going to be at around 8.15 this morning. So we still got a couple hours until the first keyword. But then after 8.15, after we give that one, they're going to be coming pretty fast and furious. Every hour at about a quarter past the hour, this is the final day. Remember, if you hear a cash code keyword that you haven't entered yet, by all means, go and enter it on the KLAQ mobile app. Look for the icon that says, (laughs) it looks like a money bag, and you click on there, enter the cash code keyword, and that could make you one of our winners. Every day, we've got a $2,000 winner, and... We're also going to have a $10,000 winner. So cash code is back, but for just one more day. Let's take a look at El Paso weather since the weekend is so close. And the golfer's forecast, which is brought to you by Painted Dunes Desert Golf Course. This afternoon, the winds are not going to be out of control. You could definitely play around to golf, but the winds are going to be around 15 miles an hour this afternoon. Sunny and 87. Got really warm yesterday afternoon. I bet you it, it was yesterday. For Saturday, we're looking for a break from the wind. It looks like between Saturday and Sunday, Saturday is going to be the least windy day. Sunny 87 for Saturday's high winds are going to be around 10 miles an hour. Weirdly, I live like in a part that's windy, but also very sunny. So I'm, I'm not sure whether to keep my doors open, let the air through. <laughs> close them not let the wind get really windy up there where you where you live huh? yeah uh, for sunday partly cloudy 91 we're gonna get a high temperature of 91 despite the clouds it doesn't say there's any rain in the forecast and in the afternoon as the day goes on on sunday we're going to look for those winds going from around 10 miles an hour to 15 miles an hour sunday afternoon so i give saturday the the a grade uh, but I'll I'll go ahead and give Sunday a, a B, and I'll give Friday a B minus just because of the winds. Uh, that's the only difference. The El Paso Golfers Forecast is brought to you by Painted Dunes Desert Golf Course. Remember, you can set up all your tee times and reservations online now at PaintedDunes.com. Or if you prefer to do it the old-fashioned way, you can still do that. Give them a call. Painted Dunes Desert Golf Course, 915-821-2122. That's 821 821- 2122 for Painted Dunes Desert Golf Course. 
All right, let's get a preview of uh, what's going on today. Let's talk about guests here real quick. Nico's been setting up some of our guests uh, recently. So we Good ha- job, Nico. We have an author whose uh, dog, his celebrity dog, and this author are going to be at the El Paso Library. And we're going to talk to him this morning. So That's tell us about that. Right. Dion Leonard and his pal Gobi will be in town. He's the author of the book, Finding Gobi, uh, a true story about him doing an ultra marathon and, and, uh, through the Gobi Desert and finding this little dog. And uh, he's going to be at the Doris, Van, uh, the Doris Van Doren Library branch of the El Paso Library. Uh, that's on the west side. And he's going to be talking, I think maybe doing a bit of a book book reading at 4.30. I hear Gobi the dog is going to be with Gobi him. Gobi will be with him. That's right. So I saw something uh, either at 60 Minutes or whatever on this. So this guy's running across the Gobi Desert, and this, this stray just starts following him and kind of stays on this ultra marathon. I don't know if they said he did 100 miles or whatever, but more than like a regular marathon. Oh, yeah. It, ultra, ultra marathon. And, but and through the Gobi Desert, it's not like easy ter- terrain. And and if you're in the Gobi Desert, where are you mostly? Like Mongolia, China, Mongolia, China. You know, uh, it wasn't necessarily easy for him to get this dog back to the United States because he was in a you know foreign country. So we're going to hear uh, Dion's story and Gobi, uh, the dog story, coming up a little bit later. Our friends from Dead Beach are coming by and they're having a big uh, fiesta coming up. Can you tell me a little bit about that? They're going to be dropping by. Well, then they'll have to because there's going to be some uh, there's gonna beer be, fest. There's going to be a big beer fest coming up. <laughs> think, Joanna, right? do you know about the beer fest? Uh, the Borderland Beer Fest. But, uh, mm-hmm, at this, this point, I'm, I'm willing to say that's correct. I think it's this weekend. Yeah. Okay, this weekend. Yeah. yeah, tomorrow. And it is headquartered at Dead Beach. So uh, Gabe and the guys from Dead Beach Brewery. <laughs> Are going to be dropping by a little bit later to uh, fill us in on the details. I mean, I feel like we know all the details already, but uh, we're going to have good news, bad news of the week. We're going to have a true crime report later. News headlines. Nico, what are we tracking in the news so far today? I've been using a lot more Pepto-Bismol than normal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is that that normal? Do you have a lot of heartburn... Nausea, indigestion, upset, upset stomach, stomach diarrhea. No, not the last one, okay. But yeah. No I, shame. I guess I have. And I just wondered, is this like a normal thing for you guys? Does you know I'm I have to take like a Tums almost every day. Tum 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 tums. Because I get bad heartburn. I know so I'm thinking it's from waking up early. <laughs> I think it's giving me heartburn. You know what'll give you heartburn? What? Stress. Yeah. Have you been feeling a lot of stress? Are you a stressed? little. What about uh, beer? Beer? Yeah. Does As that... you get older, different things will start to give, give you, you more heartburn. heartburn. Do you? Right. Do you? I know that you eat a lot of spicy food. I do eat a lot of spicy food. That could so be a the, all that combination is like I'm going through like three bottles a and, week. And uh, look, I'm not trying to ruin your day here, but you're not exactly spring chicken anymore. Okay. I look young. Not really. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought I had my mic off. <laughs> That, you meant to say that off mic? Yeah. You wouldn't have even said that to my face? Uh, I don't know right. how this is leading into a yeah, news how, story, however. I, in my notes, I have to put news. But all I have so far is Pepto. Nico drinking more Pepto. <laughs> Nico's drinking more Pepto and doesn't realize yeah. that he's middle-aged. Today is... Uh, That's not middle-aged. I'm his age. We're the exact same age. We're middle-aged, Joanna. So no, if you're no, saying no. I don't look as... All right. Let's look at this way. Average lifespan for a woman in the United States is 78. Average lifespan for man in the United States is 72. However, lifespans are shorter 
in uh, communities like El Paso, just across the board. So more like 66 is the average age for a man. What's half of that? I think you just made 66 up because it was the perfect number for us. <laughs> You're exactly half halfway through your life. <laughs> oh, no! Okay, in uh, more serious news, uh, today marks the 30th anniversary of the L.A. riots, uh, which happened right after the decision uh, by a court to not prosecute three police officers for beating Rodney King. Uh, all right, so the L.A. riots were going down... 30 years ago to the day. To the day. Which is, a lot of people uh, are marking, especially in the wake of the George Floyd protests from two years ago and uh, in the wake of the new report com- that came out yesterday about uh, the Minneapolis Police Department and just the nature of pervasive uh, racism and misogyny throughout I can. That's the one department. of those things I could tell you exactly what I was doing when the uh, L.A. riots were going. I mean, they were going on for several In 92, that would have been your first year here. I had only been here a month or so, a couple months. Oh, wow. And I was working nights. nights. So I'm watching on TV because we did have TV in the studio and I'm watching what's happening in LA and I'm on the phone with my friend Cindy Skull who I'd worked with one of the top DJs in the, she worked at, at KLOS in Los Angeles but she had just moved moved the previous year we had worked together at a radio station oh. and she couldn't leave the building or she was advised not to leave the building because the riots were going on so I was on the phone with her Watching what was happening on TV, getting like a play-by-play from from your friend that was no, there. No, actually, I was giving her the play-by-play because oh my I was gosh. watching on the TV and where she was. She, she couldn't didn't have see a TV. It? She didn't have a TV. She couldn't see the riots right outside the window. Wow! And so she was telling me, she, you know, I'm probably going to camp up in here until they give it all clear. But God, thirty years ago. Well, and it's amazing to see uh, how much has changed, but also how little has changed for uh, a lot of people of color and and 30 years later policing. we're still talking we're still about talking about police it. brutality right. we're still talking about people protesting sometimes violently uh that happened in the la riots and it's happened more recently uh over some of the very same issues so uh all right so that's gonna come up in the news a little bit later entertainment news joanna what do you have headed our way as far as entertainment news goes james Corden will step down as host of cbs's the late late show in 2023 the british comedian will who will have hosted the show for eight and a half years by the time he leaves made the announcement on thursday's show is he going to continue to do uh carpool karaoke specials he did not say. Oh, that's a good question because those moved to Apple Plus and something else. Oh, did they? Yeah, I they didn't even know they, that. they put out their own uh, uh, carpool karaoke specials. Hey, you know how you say that you? I'm not. I yes, Buzz, Buzz Adams, Adams. I'm not a fan of what's called cringe comedy. Yes, you are not a yeah. fan of cringe comedy, which would be things like The Office. Yeah, I don't. I don't like my. I tried to watch The Office when I was on vacation a couple vacations back, and it's just like, oh, I can't watch it. It just gets me in an agitated state. Curb your enthusiasm. Oh, yeah. It's like too. that. I just found the most cringy of cringy shows, Oh, my daughter loves it. She's a huge okay. fan of something called Impractical Jokers. Would you <laughs> put that under cringe comedy? Do you know what it um, is? Um, 
No, I, I no. think it's just cringy for you. No, what? no, it, it's got to be cringy for everybody. Why they, do you think it's cringy? They, they, it's they, a practical joke show. Yeah, but they send people in, and they've got unsuspecting customers or people in a park or whatever. And right. In, they got an earpiece, and they tell them to I've, mess yeah. with those yeah, people. I, I and think we know how it goes. Love the show. Big oh, fan. you do? Yeah. Hilarious. Well, the feeling that I get on a mild level from The Office and a slightly more exaggerated level from Curb Your Enthusiasm is off the charts when I'm watching uh, Impractical Jokers. Do you feel cringy because of what they're doing or? How the people must feel and just the, you know, going through that, having a stranger behave so weirdly is just, I don't know, it just hits all my, my cringe buttons. That doesn't make any hmm. sense to you? Mm-mm. You don't consider. I guess it could kind you, of wait be Wait a cringy. minute, you don't consider Impractical Jokers cringe comedy. Not one iota. Yeah, probably. Uh, I don't think you understand cringe comedy. <laughs> I mean, the, the point of cringe comedy <laughs> is to be in such awkward moments that it. They, but both people don't know. Now, oh, the point so of the practical sh- joker knows a lot about cringe the, comedy. I know a lot That's about comedy in general. Comedy is pretty cringe. Oh, I, I, I know where you were going. Now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, 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 hold it, Joanna. Please make your point. I don't. No, shut up. So you know how when Nico goes on stage, I sometimes cringe. cringe. Yeah, (laughs) you've never you've seen me like eight years ago one time. One time, but did you cringe? That was enough. I cringed. No, you didn't. Shut up. Do your parents cringe when they go see you? No. Did they used to? (laughs) Ask them. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so you're gonna make a point about my point was that when it's a practical joke. Uh, the guy who's putting the joke on, he's not going to be feel cringy because oh, no, he's putting I think they the. Feel extremely cringy. Oh, I bet it feels awkward to them, but they all like it. I mean, obviously, it's fun okay, for them. As the viewer, I, it puts me in a state of anxiety. That's weird. To watch That's what weird doing. for most people because I, I feel like most people like to play along with the joke and they they, they like to see other jokes played on other people, but not them. So it's like, oh, we're on an inside uh, joke. I consider that cringe comedy, but my daughter likes it, so it's one of the things we can watch together. Well, it's it's <laughs> it's almost canceled as now. Joe uh, Joe Gatto, uh, the oldest member of the group, uh, just left this year. Oh my! My daughter told me all about it. Yeah, the Tenderloins. They're an improv group who uh, turned this. Those guys are an improv group. Yep, they're an improv group from apparently fifteen Joe years ago. Joe is having marital problems, so that's why he's taking a hiatus. So my daughter's oh. a, my fifteen-year-old's a real expert when it comes to. Uh, Sal and Q and Murray. Oh and I learned a lot about really? the show yesterday. That is interesting. Really I'm glad you down. guys found something, though, to bond over. <sighs> oh, also, the one time Joanna saw me perform, it wasn't like at a, <laughs> it wasn't at a open mic or like at a terrible bar. It was the Plaza Theater. It was. So a, a big cringe stage. Thing, that's what you're saying. <laughs> no, like, I worked really hard to get there, so I was pretty good by the time. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. This hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoo, the corner of Dyer and Monroe. Just moments from Fort Bliss. Find them on social media or pumpinginktattoo.com. That's pumpinginktattoo.com. All right, I guess they want to uh, approve another batch of emojis. Ooh. You mean like in my phone, I might see new ways to communicate without words to people? <laughs> yeah, or like different, like maybe the same emoji, but a different, a slightly different shade or color or, you know, 
things like that. Okay, cool. So they're allowing people, and I think this has always been part of it, allowing people to suggest emojis. So maybe think about that. Like, is there anything that you wish they had as emoji that you would really use a lot? Yes, flautas. Ooh, what would you use that for? Everyday Sex. life. What? <laughs> I don't know. It's, they use a lot of food to mean sex. From what I, I guess, understand. Buzz is thinking of using it for different ways, Joanna. Gross, Buzz. You want my flauta? Well, I found out an eggplant isn't just an eggplant anymore. <laughs> yeah, but that's large and bulbous. A flauta's small and crunchy. <laughs> Takes all kinds. Hey, Joanna, did you hear about this? A massive asteroid. <laughs> Skimmed past Earth yesterday. I did, but did didn't the headline say something like it's as big as this many football fields? Eight football fields, or another uh, <laughs> another science journal said it's tw- it's the, twice the size of the Empire State Building. So I saw a meme that was like Americans will use literally everything but the metric system. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the asteroid in question has a long name that's a bunch of numbers. And is estimated to be twice as big as the Empire State Building. It posed no threat to the planet, but came dangerously close. So when they use a word like skimming, like it skims the Earth, it only came within two million miles at its closest point. Phew, that was that a close is, one. Just whizzed on by. Wait, wait. Two million miles. But let me put that in perspective for you. That's eight times the average distance between the Earth and Moon. So when you're out looking at the moon, you're not saying like, wow, look at that moon. It's really skimming Earth tonight. <laughs> <laughs> right. This thing was eight times further, further away, away than the moon. I think you need to save the word skimming until you really mean it. Would you consider scientists melodramatic sometimes? No, but I consider the way that science gets reported in the popular press, I consider those journalists to be a little sensationalistic sometimes. So... Uh, I don't know if that's a technical thing, but I feel like a lot of times scientists will say, all right, here's the deal. Uh, it's going to come within two million miles. And the journalists will say, wow, that sounds really close. And this scientist will say, well, you know, on a galactic scale, it is very close. It is. You're and right. they'll say, would you say that on the galactic scale, it's skimming Earth? Uh, yeah, I guess. Sure. <laughs> then sure. they write it down. So I just think it's the way that science gets reported right. in the prop, in the popular press more than anything. They make it sound like you could see it. Right. If the, if if eight times as far away as the moon is skimming, what's going to happen when there's one that's going to be really close? That's what are only, they going to call that Yeah, one? what are you going to call it? It's going to be hard to get people's attention. They're like, it It just came a scotch close. <laughs> a scotch. It was a scotch away. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Americans will use everything yeah. except the metric system. <laughs> Let me see if I can find some of this uh, emoji stuff here. I thought some of them were pretty interesting. I can't believe you said flautas would be used for sex. I think they could right. use anything for sex. I assume they use a banana for sex if they've got a banana Perhaps. emoji, right? My mom started using emojis, but it's weird. She uses like a bald-headed yellow dude with a thumb up with a thumbs up <laughs> for thumbs up yeah for thumbs up so it's like a bald-headed little buddha looking dude <laughs> i don't know why she chooses to use that one uh, might have to look do you you don't use that. emojis do you buzz 
No, I yeah, maybe I'll put a thumb just the thumb the thumb up deal, but uh-huh. I, I like it bothers me the rest of the day that I, when I've used an emoji. I hmm. hate that there's so many emojis that I have to go through so many of them to find one that I think is appropriate. Now they're adding more. Now they're going to add more. Yeah. And then by the time I find one, I forget, like, where was this conversation heading? I don't know. Is there a way you can organize? Okay, these are like the dozen or so emojis that I commonly use. I want to have them yeah, so it'll, organized where it's very easy to get to. Usually they have a little thing where you can see the ones you've recently used. Okay. It's a lot of crying in mine. The story has to do with how to submit an emoji. Yeah, but you could be crying with laughter. That's a common one, right? Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm gonna sure. I'm gonna uh, tell you how to submit an emoji idea. Plus, I'm also gonna tell you about 25 emojis that have already been rejected. Okay. If you've got a great idea for a new emoji, now's your chance. Wired.com just did a big write-up on how to officially s- send them to the group that handles. It's a nonprofit called the Unicode Consortium. They accept proposals every year from April through July, but the submission process is pretty rough considering you're trying to get a cartoon picture of a fruit or something. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't seem like it would be that hard to do. Yeah, do you have exotic fruits? You have to include original artwork, so you can't just take a picture of a you know something and say make an emoji out of this. You've got to do original. Yeah, you got to you got to do it original artwork. Examples of how you'd use it. Things like Google search stats to prove that people could use it or would use it, and it has to be in a very specific format. They won't approve an emoji idea that's already been rejected in the past two years, and that's a huge list of all the emojis ever submitted. So if it's something that somebody submitted and they haven't used it, here are a few that they've already decided not to add for various reasons. Okay. Are you ready? So these are rejected uh, emojis. An angry poop emoji. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> what? So it's the poop emoji, but he's not happy. He's the opposite of happy. He's angry. Whack. Bitcoin and Dogecoin emojis. Okay, how would that emoji be? I guess it would look like a Bitcoin, but again... That's just the logo for Bitcoin. That's just the logo for Bitcoin. A marijuana leaf. Yeah, why, <laughs> why wait, that was rejected? <laughs> yep. Why hasn't that one been made? That could be... Well, because you could just have the smoking person... <laughs> True. Or they have these little leaf ones that people usually use. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they got a maple leaf. It's still a controversial enough topic that that maybe that they don't want to do. Where are you finding leaves? Oh, never mind. Did you you find your fauna and flora? (laughs) Here's another one that has been rejected. A condom. That could be useful. That could save people. Hey, don't forget (laughs) to bring a... Right. Uh, or two, it's raining outside. Don't forget to wear a wear condom. A condom? <laughs> I meant like an umbrella, but yeah. Do you call umbrellas condom? I've heard that before, yeah. Have you heard that before? A condom called an umbrella? Have I ever heard a condom called an umbrella? No. Huh? Or a raincoat? Yeah, that I've heard. I've heard that one, yeah. Yeah. But not umbrella. I think you just made that one up about umbrella. <laughs> Two different dumpsters. It's raining either way, okay? Two, listen, two different dumpster fire emojis got a no. 
oh, that one would make my life a lot easier. Just to post, hey, it's a dumpster fire. Yeah. Me texting Lisa all the time. Hangover emoji. That one would help. Couldn't you do the like the green face guy that looks like he's puking? Yeah. For a hangover emoji? Feet. Floss. Flip flops. Jail. <laughs> Jesus. Hmm. Rose. Uh, a tampon emoji. That one would help too. A mic drop emoji. Oh, I would use that a lot. I'm I'm stunned that they don't already have a mic drop emoji. These are how ones, would you do it though? Like, like midair, a hand and it's like dropping, and maybe it's got those cartoon lines that let you know the direction of the motion <laughs> to the floor. <laughs> I don't even use emojis, but some of these I'm like, yeah, they should have that. A pinky swear emoji is one that they turned down. Half human, half unicorn emoji. Oh my god! That's very specific. <laughs> Lots of face emojis have been rejected too, including disgusted face, disgusted face, determined face, tired face, hangry face, impressed face, angry crying face, and drooling face with heart eyes. They don't have that? Wait. Let me see. I'm drooling pretty, face with heart. I've got to think, I'm pretty I've, sure I've, I've used that. that. They've got something that, <laughs> look, that, that people use as a tired face. Right. And I'm sure they probably got something that people use as a determined face. Yeah. What is but that? They, they, these may have been rejected because. Yeah, there's somebody drooling and he's smiling, but there's no heart eyes. And then there's just heart so eyes. So they need to combine those two. They I would need like to that. have somebody drooling with heart eyes. So just put the drooling one and then put next to it the one with the hard yeah, eyes. That's all you need to do. Um, I tried to write down a list of 30 emojis that I thought would be useful. Do you know how hard it is to come up with 30 emojis? <laughs> Way harder than I was willing to do. So, <laughs> so I've got like five. But th these are all ones that I just came up with. Unfortunately, I don't have any artistic talent. So if anybody wants Whack. to submit these, go ahead and do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, a, a gas pump giving the middle finger emoji. <laughs> I like how you literally just put your middle finger in the yeah. air. Uh, a Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> when would you use that one? Like, uh... After someone makes fun of your girlfriend? <laughs> hey, you better watch it or smack! <laughs> how about, um... A tanned testicles emoji. For Tucker Carlson? Yeah. <laughs> that is so dumb, but funny. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> hey, man, my testosterone's feeling low. I think I need to... And then you hit him with the tanned testicles. Can I borrow your tanner? Um, man, I don't think I'm going to go to school today. Not feeling good. Tan. Maybe a Statue of Liberty with Elon Musk's head on top where the Statue of Liberty's face should go. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> well, there needs to be an Elon Musk emoji. Yeah, okay. Was just like a sad fit with his like Yeah, his pouty <laughs> Let's take a look at our Mo Show calendar, guys, <laughs> and daily almanac of events and find out what's happening today. 
today is April 29th, last Friday in the month of April. Today is Arbor Day. Remember what Arbor Day was? They might have made a thing out of it when you were in school, but possibly it, not. Uh, t- trees. Yeah, yeah. plant trees. Yeah. Today's International Dance Day. Uh, today is also National Teach Children to Save Day. That's important. And Zipper Day. That's also important. Mm-hmm. A lot of celebrities are having birthdays. Actress Uma Thurman, who has been in a few Quentin Tarantino movies, she's 52 today. Uh, retired tennis great Andre Agassi, also turning 52. Uh, birthday for one of the members of Wilson Phillips, Carney Wilson, is 54. A string of hits in the 80s. His name is Carney no, Wilson? Carney is a, is a woman. Her name is Carney yeah, Wilson? Yeah, Carney. And somehow she's related to, I think, Brian Wilson, maybe, but Wilson yeah. Phillips was made up of a bunch of famous musicians' kids, as I recall. Hey, I'm dating a Carney. <laughs> Are you saying it's funny because, like, a carnival worker, or funny because Carney means meat? And I used to think it was, like, really effed up when she would do, like, those commercials of trying to lose weight. And I'm mom, Carney. Well, why would they call her Carney? Right. It took me a while to realize that was her real name. Oh, uh, no. My thing was about the, the carnival worker, not the meat. <laughs> <laughs> One of the uh, Brady Bunch uh, kids, Eve Plum, who played Jan, the middle child, the middle girl, is 64 today. Sure, mm-hmm. Jan. <laughs> here's, here's one for you. Jan from the Brady Bunch is exactly... Exactly the same age as Michelle Pfeiffer. They both turned 64 today. Did you have a crush on any of the Brady girls growing up? If I did, I'm sure it was Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, yeah. Marsha. But really, if, if if I had a crush on anybody, it was... Mrs. Brady? Yep. <laughs> Damn right. She was MILF before the word MILF even existed. My favorite actor, I think, of all time, six-time Oscar nominee, three-time Oscar winner Daniel Day-Lewis is 65 today. Aww. Oh, wow. In the last 15 years, he's only been in four movies, so he's very selective. Uh, but Daniel Day-Lewis is my is absolutely my favorite actor, and he's 65 today. What are you going to send him? Um, what I don't know what he would possibly need. <laughs> Maybe a script. He doesn't do enough movies. <laughs> a birthday for Kate Mulgrew, who's 67. She was Captain Janeway on Star Trek Voyager. And yeah. a birthday for Jerry Seinfeld. The comedian is 68 today. You know, it. I always have to go back and do Matt. So when Seinfeld, like the height of Seinfeld's popularity, he was in his 40s, right? Yeah. Yeah, think about it. 70 minus 30. It's about 40. Uh, he was kind of youth. Was he kind of youth? It, it was probably the end of his 30s. 30s, like late 30s. But around 40. Yeah. Uh, Richard Klein, the actor who played Larry on Three's Company, is having a birthday today. And country music legend, Texas treasure, Willie Nelson, turns 89 today. And in fact, he's got a new album out today. Uh, a couple of dates in history for you. 33 years ago on this date, John Bon Jovi married his high school sweetheart. Dorothea Hurley. They got married at the Graceland Wedding Chapel in Las Vegas. They are still together 
to this day. So they've been married 33 years, and they've been together since high school. Uh, 30 years ago on this date, the L.A. riots began when four LAPD police officers, all white, were acquitted in the videotape beating of motorist Rodney King. The verdict set off days of rioting that left 54 people dead and caused an estimated $1 billion in damages to Los Angeles. And another wedding anniversary to tell you about on the Mo Show calendar. 11 years ago, in 2011, Prince William and Kate Middleton got married at Westminster Abbey in London. And as far as I know, they seem pretty happy. But today is National Zipper Day. Think how many things we have zippers on, guys. If we didn't have zippers, you'd have buttons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it takes so much longer to get to go to the bathroom. Do you remember when button fly jeans were kind of like the rage? No. What is that? A, okay, instead of a zipper. It was buttons? buttons? Yeah, they had buttons, and it was kind of... That was a what if hot you had to thing. pee really bad? Oh you, my god! Look but- at all those buttons. You, you've never heard of button fly jeans. This was like was a, it be more than one button or like, oh, like yeah. three it's or like four? It's like a line <gasps> of yeah. buttons. Oh, it, no. was a, it was button fly jeans. That was kind of a cool thing about the same. Let time. me just tell you, my zipper has saved my life. Really? Yeah. Well, my pants. How come? I got to the 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 stall in time. Oh, because you could zip, zip it them down. down. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the convenience, and yeah. the speed, and. I don't want to button around. You want to be quick on the draw. You don't want to be sitting there undoing buttons. Well, I can tell you that for a, at least a part of a, the 80s, button fly jeans were a real hot commodity. But today's National Zipper Day. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Well, this is a real unique chance to meet an author and the dog that he wrote about today at the Doris Van Doren Library on Red Road. Uh, 4.30, Finding Gobi is a very remarkable story. Uh, Incredible, really. New York Times uh, bestseller, international bestseller, Finding Gobi, A Man, A Dog, and the Links to Which Love Will Go to Sacrifice for Its Companion. And we're joined by Dion Leonard, who uh, is an ultra-marathon runner. Hi, Dion. Yeah, good morning, guys. And uh, Dion, you're going to be in town. Gobi's going to be with you? Yeah, and that's the real draw card. Of course, no one wants to see me. Everyone wants to see the cute dog and go be the star of the show. Yeah, well, I mean, you got to be running like 140 miles before people pay any attention to you. The dog's just got to show up and look cute, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm used to that. I'm used to that. Thankfully for me, Gobi can't talk. That's what keeps me in a job. <laughs> and I get to share our uh, amazing story, how we met, the bond and connection, changed both our lives forever, um, led to a New York Times best-selling book and a Hollywood movie deal as well. What's the status of the movie deal? Have they uh, have they started filming it, or it's one of these things that's down the road somewhere? Uh, it's, it's in production, so it's it's all going forward. Of course, the usual uh, sort of excuses at the moment: everything's delayed with right. COVID. Oh, yeah. But uh, now we've got a great production team, a uh, award-winning uh, director, producing team, and uh, the screenplay's been written. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, even the possibility of filming down around uh, El Paso, even into New Mexico, seems to be a bit of a uh, bit of a chance as well, which is exciting. Would El Paso, New Mexico stand in for the Gobi Desert as part of this? I think it will. I think it will. It's uh, much, much easier to come down the road for them from Hollywood to film than, than take it back to 
the desert in China. So, yeah, that's what they're looking at as well. All right. So I, I'd seen this story profiled before and, uh, you know, heard about Gobi and the links that that uh, Dion, our guest, went to to get Gobi uh, to come back with him. Uh, so, what, But why don't you tell us, you, uh, when you were doing the Gobi Desert Run, I guess this was 2016, you had already de- you'd been ultra-marathoning for a long time, right, Dion? I had. I, I was seriously overweight, though. I was about 250 pounds, heavy drinker, smoker, eating too much junk food, took up running, lost a lot of weight, and sort of realized there was something that I enjoyed out of this crazy sport of ultra-marathon running, which is running... Distances further than 26.2 marathon distance in crazy dis- uh, locations like the Gobi Desert in China. And uh, this race would be, of course, something you know unique for me when a little dog would start running the race with me. The race is 155 miles. It takes a whole week to complete, carrying all of your food and kit to survive the week as well. And the little dog comes out of nowhere and starts running with me. And uh, throughout the week-long race, I'm... I make sacrifices to, of course, help the dog throughout stages that she couldn't compete on her own. And uh, she chose me out of everyone, and the story sort of starts from there. When you say you'd make uh, sacrifices for the dog, would you carry uh, Gobi part of the way? Yes, at some certain parts throughout the race, I had to carry Gobi. I'd go back and pick her up, carry her across a huge water crossing at one point. A lot of these sort of little acts of kindness that I did were the sort of start of this bond and connection that formed that would change both of our lives forever. I was there to try and win the race. So for me to go back and do some of these things was quite unique. But this little dog, for some reason, was there for me. And, of course, I was there for her. And and that's part of the sort of love story that happens out in the desert. We're talking um, to Dion Le- uh, Leonard, who uh, finally got Gobi uh First of all, how did you how did you locate uh, Gobi, the dog that is, uh, after you'd left and gone back to where were you living at the time, Dion? Yeah, so after the race finishes, I, I made Gobi a promise that I was going to bring her home. I was living in Edinburgh in Scotland, and uh, um, unfortunately, Gobi went missing in China in a big city of over three million oh, no. people. Yeah, so the story takes another twist and turn there. Hence, why they want to make it into a Hollywood film, <laughs> right? And uh, I fly back there to, to look for her and set up a search and volunteer team, and it gets crazy. The, the government gets involved, the Chinese mafia gets involved. It becomes this huge story in China and wait, wait, all around I'm, the world. I'm involved. sorry, the Chinese mafia got involved in helping you find your companion dog? <laughs> well, they weren't actually trying to help me. They were actually um, trying to uh, hunt me down at one point, and the story created so much attention in China. We'd raised a lot of money. They suddenly wanted some of the money and attention from this story as well. So it's, uh, as I say, it's a real drama, mystery, and intrigue as to the story as well. Was there any doubt when you when you saw Gobi that it was, it was the dog, or did you think, well, maybe this is, you know, maybe I'm fooling myself. Maybe this isn't the same dog. No, there were a few occasions where that actually did happen. Um, I thought it was going to be Gobi, and uh, dogs look very similar, but they just weren't. There was a nature, there's a way about Gobi that I know instinctively that it was her as soon as I saw her. I had another chance where I thought I was going to find Gobi. A lady rang me, and she said, I found your dog, and I raced around to her house thinking it was going to be Gobi, and I walked in, and she pointed to a Labrador 
<laughs> okay, so we get a laugh out of this, but people who haven't seen Gobi, Gobi's very far from a Labrador. Very tiny. What, what, how would you describe Gobi? Uh, it, uh, Gobi's probably a, a mix of different breeds, I would guess, right? Yeah, probably Chihuahua Shih Tzu mixed breed. It's far from a Labrador as you can get. But, you know, they'll try anything on. For the reward money, there was uh, there was everything getting sent to me, you know. It was all part of the journey. Why do you think Gobi decided to follow you, Dion? Was was the was anybody else right running around close to where you were? Could could Gobi have just as easily started following some other runner? Yeah, well, actually, Gobi follows two American runners on day one of the race. It's not until day two of the race at the start line she's uh, there chewing on my shoes and being Aww. a little pet. So from day two onwards, she's chosen me and. I look like a banana when I run. I have this bright yellow and black sponsored outfit. I don't know if Gobi likes the color yellow. She's chosen me for some reason. You're lucky a bunch of monkeys didn't start chasing you, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but, I, I mean, I, I think there's much more to it as well as spiritual um, uh, reason. And I think that, you know, I had a very difficult, depressive, destructive childhood. I was on the streets of a small country town in Australia as a 13-year-old boy on my own. And, um, you know, I see this in Gobi, this little dog with nothing and nobody. And, and here we are, two sort of connected souls many, many years later, I think. And that's why I do a lot of the things I do for Gobi, because I saw a lot of myself in her. And and uh, I think that's what makes the um, the story and the bond and connection so strong as well. Hey, Dion, do you know uh, anything about Gobi's life uh, before you met her and, and kind of the, the area that she was uh, born in or grew, grew up in? No, I mean, that would be phenomenal, wouldn't it, to sort of go back and see what Gobi's brothers and sisters think now of Gobi. She's sort of reached stardom. She's met people like the Queen. She's met a president. She's met movie wow. stars and rock stars. Um, but I've run in deserts all around the world doing these crazy races and there's always someone living out in the middle of nowhere i'll look at them and think wow that's really random what are you doing out here but they're looking at me too thinking why would you want to run through the desert (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know who's more crazy how does Gobi handle the attention like when you come to uh something like we're having today at the library on red road Oh, look, she loves it. And the great thing is she's just a dog, so she doesn't know how famous and popular she is, so she doesn't have a big <laughs> ego. <laughs> um, so that keeps everything in check. But, um, you know, Gobi's story is, brings, like, it's it's so heartwarming. It's so inspiring. It puts a smile on people's face. It's just a beautiful um, thing to be part of and to get to share. And I think that's what we all need in this moment of the world at the moment as well. It, this was six years since the uh, race in uh, in the Gobi Desert, and how many years after that until you were able to reconnect with Gobi? So six months after I first met Gobi on the start line of the race, six months later she was finally home throughout all of the twists and turns. Since then we've been living in the UK, living in France, and we've been in the US for the last sort of three years. But this is our first real time in El Paso, and, uh, yeah, we're super excited to share the story this afternoon as well. And Gobi is doing well. Gobi, uh, you know, healthy and happy and enjoying enjoying her life. Loving it. We were out in the White Sands yesterday 
checking out that beautiful part of the country. And no, cool. she was just like being at home again, you know, enjoying the dunes, enjoying the sand out there. And uh, it's just great to see the life she's led. Does it look, does, does White Sands look similar to, to the Gobi Desert? No, not at all, actually. Not at all. I think um, it's the exact opposite. They have, like, part of the Gobi Desert has these famous black sands. Yeah, the Black Gobi Desert is is unique. We run, actually, through the race out there as well. Um, It's a beautiful desert, the Gobi Desert. It has a big mountain range in the middle of it, snow-capped all year as well, and snow leopards living up in it. I mean, it's really diverse out there as well. We've got a desert here. You might want to run this one. It sounds I know, like it was. I, 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 yeah. I like the idea of, of the El Paso Las Cruces corridor uh, filling in for the Gobi Desert. <laughs> That's a great idea. And do you think Gobi would play herself or they'd have to get like a Hollywood dog to play Gobi? Yeah, they tell me they need about five dogs to play one dog in the movie. So I, I think Gobi will play a little part somewhere. So everyone's just going to have to watch and try and All right, see so which one is Gobi. I want to let everybody know you can find out more about this remarkable story and meet the remarkable dude and his remarkable dog. That's Dion Leonard and Gobi are both going to be in person at the Doris Van Doren Library. And that is today, 4.30 p.m. Uh, find out more about Gobi and the remarkable story at the Doris Van Doren Library at 4.30 this afternoon. And Dion, uh, pass along to Gobi our thanks uh, for letting you do this interview and for coming into El Paso and seeing us. Yeah, thanks so much. Appreciate it. All Looking right. forward to this afternoon. Thanks, Dion. Wow, pretty cool, right? Yeah. So this guy got Amazing. back and he decided, I'm going to go back to a country of like 4, mil- four billion people. Right. <laughs> And find this, this dog. This little dog right. that he made such he a connection with. Her. Like my the other one crying over there. Buzz wouldn't do that for a human. <laughs> oh no. It's like once I'm out of the Aww, once Gobi. I'm out of the time zone, it's like I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> Gabby was it Gabby? Was it... He's like, oh, it doesn't matter anymore. Doby? Dobby? Globy? What the hell? <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We've got good news, bad news of the week. Uh, Coming up later on the show, we're going to have one of your final cash code keywords. This is the final day to go fund yourself. So we're going to have our first keyword coming down at about 8.15. Also, Dead Beach is having a beer fest this weekend. We're going to find out more about that. Gabe and our friends from Dead Beach are going to drop by. And occasionally, they bring by some of their craft brews. So be ready for that. Uh, and in there, in the middle somewhere, Nico's going to do news. So we got a lot coming up for our Friday show. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. In just about 30 minutes, eh, give or take a few minutes either side, we're going to have our first cash code keyword. This is the final day for the keywords, but there are going to be plenty for you. Starting at 8.15, we're going to have a different cash code keyword every hour. And roughly a quarter past. The more words you enter on our KLAQ mobile app under GoFundYourself, the more opportunities you have to win. We still have a daily prize of $2,000 to give away. You could even win $10,000. With that kind of money, you could certainly... Fund yourself. So look for the Go Fund Yourself icon on the KLAQ mobile app to enter those cash code keywords. Our thanks to everybody who's been playing and our congratulations to everybody who's been winning. And don't give up if you haven't won yet. Got to have a good news, bad news of the week on the way in just a few moments. Podcast publish alert. 
Podcast publish alert. Alert. Publish alert. Wait a minute. That's not me. When we hear that, that means that Okie Dokie Guy has detected that a podcast did not get published. Joanna, is he talking about you? <laughs> no, he's talking about me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you see what kind of panic Joanna went into thinking she hadn't published the Buzz Adams <laughs> I on demand? I'm trying to figure out. Like, oh, know. my God. Did I not press publish? Didn't know that okie dokie so guy that narrows, shook, shooketh you so much. That yeah. narrows it down. Yeah. So that could be the bi-weekly What the Buzz podcast, or it could be the After Buzz. It's the After Buzz, which is a semi-daily <laughs> podcast. Semi-daily. I thought you took a lot of pride in it being a daily Monday through Friday podcast. Did you podcast. guys not do one yesterday? We didn't do one yesterday because I had to leave for a doctor's appointment. And I've been busier doing other stuff for the past two weeks. So, yeah, it's uh, not as regular. But, yeah, we've gotten them out pretty regular. Mm, but <laughs> but there wasn't one yesterday. Whatever, ODG. Podcast publish alert. <laughs> no, it's, it's, bad, totally, it? it's totally my bad. But at the same time... I don't care because it's not really a job duty. It's not affecting a lot yeah. of, uh, oh, you know, <laughs> m- the point of the podcast was originally supposed to, to be at Buzz's house and it was supposed to replicate the situations where me and Buzz hang out and we just talk normally and people would be like, you guys got to do something because when you hang out and talk normally, it's hilarious. And so when we were here in the studio, I try to, re- I try and replicate that as as closely as possible. Sometimes it's hard. We don't do nearly enough drinking and smoking to replicate it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely not the same. But it, it, it kind of does. It kind of gets there. Um, but sometimes, you know, uh, other things come up. So Get I'm- off our ass, ODG. <laughs> Podcast publish alert. Podcast publish alert. I appreciate that anybody wants to listen to it. And I'm sorry that I'm letting you down. And, uh, and I will make up for it. All right, we got a couple of messages from our neckline that I have time to get to, and then we're going to do the good news, bad news of the week. They have to do with articles that we published on KLAQ.com, and both of the articles have to do with food. So mm. I, think, I think I made a fairly controversial statement about hamburgers, and Joanna, in one of her articles, made a controversial... I didn't think this one was that controversial, but it has to do with burritos and tacos. So here's some of the reaction that we've gotten to Uh-oh. our very controversial positions. Uh-oh. Hey, I'm sorry, Joanna, but this taco burrito nonsense, I read your article, and it's it's something. Um, yeah, flour tortillas uh, in tacos, it's doable. You know, Whataburger and Cabana does it. They're taquitos, I guess, taquitos. Um, but the only way you get to burrito, yeah, if it's flour, yes, because it's big enough to wrap. But you got to be able to contain food 100% for it to be a burrito. If you could shake your fist angrily with a burrito in your hand and no food comes out, yeah, that's a burrito. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait what? You can what your... If you can shake your hand violently while holding <laughs> it in your hand... And nothing comes out. And nothing comes out. It's a burrito. Oh. It's a burrito. All right. It's flour, yes, because it's big enough to wrap. But you got to be able to contain food 100% for it to be a burrito. If you could shake your fist angrily oh, okay. with a burrito in your hand and no food comes out, yeah, that's a burrito. <laughs> so that's bottom line is burritos is if the food is 100% encased. If not, let it be a taco. Why not? Anyway, good job on all your podcasts and good job on your show, guys. All right, see you. It's a burrito. There's some guy who appreciates a podcast. Uh- <laughs> 
All right, state state your position again, Joanna. If it comes in a flour tortilla, it's a burrito. I don't care how small it is. I don't care if food is falling out of it. It is a burrito. Joanna got a point. I I agree with her. You don't go. You don't go see street, order street tacos and it come in flour tortillas. And they come in like little flour tortillas. Yeah, doesn't happen. But what do you think about his idea that burritos keep the food inside the tortilla? Okay. I don't know. That can One of the biggest too. things with a with a Taco Bell burrito supreme is as you're eating it, the end will open up and that stuff will start squirting out the end if you're not right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. A, Burritos can have food falling out of it too, yeah. dude that called the neckline. That's an explosive burrito. <laughs> uh, I had an opinion about hamburgers. I knew it was going to be controversial. I guess I but just you didn't know, know I'm how. I'm glad you spoke your truth. Because you kind of agree? Yes. It's controversial, yes. Maybe it's also unpopular. And that is. But it's delicious. So. I think burger, a burger is. I prefer a burger instead of a bun, two pieces of bread. Uh, if you if you're familiar with the Eddie Murphy stand up, that's what he called a welfare burger. <laughs> yeah, this is about that two pieces of white bread for a burger. Buzz, you're one strange one. Yeah, uh, I bet you put burlap sheet down for sheeting on your bed rather than silk. Wait, wait, wait. I put a burlap sack. He's saying that you don't know how to cover things with the right material, so you instead you might as well use a burlap sack for your sheets, your bed sheets. (laughs) Oh. Two pieces of white wonder bread for a burger. Come on, Buzz. Can you hear this? Oh, Oh, that was it. All right. Come on, Buzz. A bun is too much bread. I feel like, for but most it's burgers. solid. It like uh, white bread would just be flimsy, and then con- it's not that flimsy. It, it conform to the shape of it, whatever you were eating. It kind of sops up some of the burger juice, and then the bread tastes like and it. The bread tastes like, like it. it. It's going to be leaky. Won't you have a leaky burger? I've had regular bun burgers, and it's they, still leaky. They can leak as well. Those can leak too. I just think that the amount of bread, and I, <laughs> for some reason, I just like the Wonder Bread more than I do a hamburger bun. So at my house, if I'm yeah. cooking burgers, and we have hamburger buns, but we also have bread, my choice is to go with the bread. And everybody else seems to like the hamburger buns, but I have a feeling there might be more white bread burger people out there who are just ashamed. Yeah. Don't feel shame. Come to the light. Speak your truth. Maybe if enough of us spoke out, some you yeah. know, a restaurant, you know, maybe McDonald's or Burger King might say, "Hey, there's a market out there. Let's start selling some of our burgers with Hell a yeah. Wonder Bread option." And people were asking, "Well, how about wheat bread?" Yeah, I mean, uh, Wonder okay. Bread is my number one choice. But if wheat's all there is, I'll take that over yeah. a bun. And what I'll often do if I go someplace and and it's just too much bun. I'll remove one of the buns and just eat it as an open-faced sandwich. Not with a knife and a fork or anything. Right. But I'll just kind of eat it because, <laughs> it again, it goes back to too much bread. Wonder Bread is the perfect amount of bread. Why don't you just go burger. sleep on your burlap sheet? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go shake a burrito angrily? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time for the good news, bad news of the week. And this is a segment we do from time to time. 
looking at real stories. All of these are real stories. Real but we're looking stories. at the positive as well as the negative side of all of our stories here on the good news, bad news of the week. That, bad uh, news. That whistle Man. means bad news. You know when the check engine light comes on? Frequently. On mm-hmm. the car? <laughs> They did a study. The average repair cost when a check engine light comes on, it's about 400 bucks. Ooh, that is bad news. Oh, okay. Well, there's some good, good news. Good news, waiting until it just turns off on its own costs zero. <laughs> <laughs> if it really bothers you, you get a little piece of duct tape and put it over the light. Just so you don't have to see it again. <laughs> Ah, good news. Ooh. The dating site Tinder is yep. now going to do background criminal checks on your potential dates. Or oh, it allows you the option really? to do background criminal checks on Tinder. Finally. Oh, what's the bad part of that? Well, not everybody can afford that option. True. So people yeah. who can't afford it can go on prison date sites <laughs> because they've already done the criminal background check for free when you think about it. <laughs> True. We laughed at different parts of it. <laughs> right. Oh, good news. Comedian Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Birthday today, 68 years ah, old. Happy birthday, Jerry. Ah, bad news, though. He's got to change the name of his show to because what? of his age. Oh. He's oh, yeah. changing the name of his show to Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with their left turn signal on the entire time <laughs> and the seatbelt dangling out the driver's <laughs> side door, kicking up sparks as it gets dragged down the road. <laughs> oh, poor Jerry. Good news. Good news, although it sounds almost like uh, something out of science fiction. Mm. Calif- the state of California will release genetically engineered mosquitoes to stop the spread of disease. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I know what you're all hoping for, but sadly, they don't have a similar plan to deal with Kardashians. (laughs) 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 And uh, that's the good news, bad news of the week. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Friday! Friday! It is Friday. Welcome almost to the weekend, everybody. Let's get a look at our news headlines of the day with Nico and Jimmy. Good morning, Nico. Good morning, Buzz. Ukrainian forces today will try to evacuate Maripol civilians who've been hiding out in a steel factory. They've been taking shelter in a huge steel plant along with Ukrainian fighters who've been defending the southern support city from Russian forces. President Zelensky's office says an operation is planned today to evacuate the civilians. U.N. Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez said after meeting with Zelensky yesterday that intense discussions were underway to enable this evacuation. The Maripol City Council says about 100,000 residents are still in the city, which has been under steady attack by Russian forces. United Nations Crisis Coordinator Amin Awad said this morning, we are depending on the goodwill of all parties and we we are all in this together. The city is essentially destroyed and there's a severe shortage of basic necessities. And bad news for smokers. As the Food and Drug Administration announced on Thursday a proposed ban on menthol cigarettes and all flavors in cigars, a move that could further drive down smoking rates in the U.S. I got a question. Sure. Is it the menthol or any of the flavors that make the cigarettes bad for you? It's 
other stuff, right? Does that even make the cigarette less healthy? Or oh, is yeah. it just that it, the menthol? The menthol, well, whatever flavor additives they're adding, it's not like essence of lemon oil. I they're, know they're, they're actually not putting in substances, but of all the things that are bad for your health in a cigarette, are the flavorings part of that equation? Well, it seems like they're leaving plenty of bad stuff in the cigarettes. Uh, true. I, I'm sure it also has to do with the also, incentive. Also, it seems a little racist. I'm sure it has to do with the incentives for smoking, trying not to get people to have flavors of them. Um, the FDA will solicit oh, comments like from kids, the... Kids are more likely to smoke flag, flavored yeah, cigarettes. You got things that are cherry and orange and, and bubble, yeah, you know. Do kids, do kids smoke menthol? Kids uh, are more likely to smoke something like a clove. No, I just oh, know from yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah, well, you, <laughs> why are you taking your forty-year experience ago to, to to try and be informed about what smoking trends are right now? It's probably thirty-five, not forty. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, are menthols still super popular? Absolutely, and they don't. I mean, it's Camel Crush cigarettes, uh, uh, cigarettes with on-demand menthol with a, a button-activated. Uh, 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 they got a button on a cigarette. Yeah, they do a little capsule in the filter that will turn it menthol. Uh, the FDA will solicit comments from the public before finalizing the rule, a process that could take years. Advocates, though, say it's a step in the right direction, pointing to research models that estimated banning these flavors could lead to a 15% decline in tobacco use by 2026. Smoking is the main cause of lung cancer, according to the Centers for Disease Control, and menthol cigarette smokers, especially black American smokers, are less likely to successfully quit smoking compared to non-menthol cigarette smokers, according to an FDA report. Here's FDA uh, Commissioner Dr. Robert Kaifafo. Why don't you just put a flavor in that nobody wants, like liver and onions or broccoli or something? I mean, if you want to get really serious about making cigarettes, I mean, they're pretty gross to begin with, right? Pickle-flavored cigarettes. Gross. Well, multiple wildfires are raging across the U.S., with many in the Southwest. New Mexico is being slammed as five large fires are currently burning. The biggest is the now combined Calf Canyons and Hermit's Peak fires, which have charred more than 63,000 acres. It's, and it's only currently 33% contained. In Arizona, the Tunnel Fire has burned over 19,000 acres. It's now over 40% contained, but dozens of homes have already been charred. Major fires are also currently affecting Alaska, Colorado, Florida, Nebraska, South Dakota, Texas, and Virginia. An interactive map by NASA's Fire Information for Resource Management System uh, shows all wildfire, all wildfire activity is in America. And tomorrow's National Prescription Drug Take-Back Day. The twice-a-year event is an opportunity to safely get rid of expired, unused, and unneeded prescription medications and keep them from being abused. The day is aimed at preventing addiction and reducing overall deaths. This comes as overdose deaths across the country rose dramatically, up 16% from last year. During Drug Take Back Day, you can anonymously, anonymously drop off your prescription drugs at designated drop-off locations, which is the best way to dispose of them, said Emily Christenberry, a clinical assistant professor at UTEP's School of Pharmacy. On Saturday, you can bring in any solid forms of prescription drugs like tablets, capsules, patches. You can also bring in vapes and cartridges, but the lithium batteries must be removed. Liquids, syringes, and other sharps, as well as illicit drugs, will not be accepted. Drug Take Back Day runs from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and there are 10 locations alone in El Paso for you to choose from, including the DEA office, UTEP, and EPISD's main office, just to name a few. Buzz, you got any medications you need to get rid of? Uh, not, <clears throat> no. 
The dog ones. Yeah, you could definitely I, the dog I ones. Got rid of those. Yeah, I took them. <laughs> Didn't you just come to me the other day and say, "Hey, if this is expired, do I have to t- throw it away?" Well, there, I was reading an article about expired medications, and I was like, "What's worst case scenario if you use a, an expired medication? Not that it's going to have a terrible effect, just that it's going to lose efficacy, or it's not going to be as efficient." Yes, which I think it will I lose efficacy over time. Okay. Oh my God, what medication was it? Right? <laughs> no. <clears throat> For me? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Like, sometimes if I feel allergies, I know I'd gotten some prescription allergy stuff in the past, and I'll go find some in the medicine cabinet, and I'll be like, eh, 2009, you know, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. 2009. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't okay. have to worry about taking an expired allergy, prescription allergy pill and my my heart stopping no the spot, no, right? no not it's usually. just it's i'm probably taking it it's going to have diminished or no effect right less effect exactly okay. but also if you have any uh unused pain medications or anti-anxiety medications I that don't. uh well this is for anybody out there that you just don't use anymore but also you just don't want to have in your home uh this is a good way to get rid of them don't flush them down the toilet you know why <laughs> You're going to turn the frogs gay? going to turn the frogs gay. It's going to fuck up the fish. Or whatever. It's going to turn the frogs freaking gay. <laughs> All right. And last but not least, today is the last day to cast your fan vote for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So far, Duran Duran is leading the official vote for the class of 22. This year's inductees will be announced next month with 17 nominees to choose from. The new members will be chosen by a body of over 1,000 artists, industry members, and rock and roll historians. But the fans, they can have their say by voting at the Rock and Hall website. Besides Duran Duran, Eminem, Pat Benatar, the Eurythmics, and Dolly Parton are all in the top five. Dolly Parton did the classiest thing ever. She just came out and said, I'm very flattered. I love you all. But I am not a rock and roll artist. Right. So Which please, am- I, maybe I'll do a rock album. But since I haven't, take me up. Which, to me, that's the most rock and roll thing she could have done. <laughs> right. And Eminem has uh, yet to do that, I believe. I was just about to play the View to a Kill song. Oh, did you not turn that off? I don't think I did. Oh. Uh, no, it's still going. <laughs> oh, because Duran Duran's in the lead? Yeah. This is their best song of, of all time. You're, I mean, you're right. It, it, that does slap pretty hard. It, har- it hits hard. <laughs> mm. <clears throat> <clears throat> All right. Is this your way of making the case that Duran Duran should get the... I think so. You to a camp. <laughs> Would you say this is the best James Bond theme ever made? No. No. Joanne. Live and let die. Oh, gotta throw some Adele in yeah. there. We got Paul McCartney, Adele, and Duran Duran. <laughs> Gold finger. <laughs> Who sang that one? I forget her name, but uh, she she showed up at like the Bessie, Academy Awards no. a few years ago. Uh, Shirley, no. Shirley ba- Shirley Bassey. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It was it was a collaborative effort, but we finally got Shirley Bassey, who showed up at I think it was like an Academy Awards uh, within the past five or ten years. Yeah, when Adele performed. Shirley Bassey whole, was there. Yeah, they did a whole James Bond thing, thing. together. Oh man. Well, okay. for your eyes only. 
Only for you. Go to the room. You something, something. Da, 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 <laughs> Didn't garbage do one? Garbage? Yeah. I'm not looking at did Madonna ever do one, or am yes. I getting that confused? Oh, wow. Madonna did an uh, Austin Powers da, 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 die, another day. Oh, yeah. Da, 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 die, another day. And then she did the fencing scene, too, remember? Garbage she was did the, the world is not enough. The world is not enough. Is that a Pierce Brosnan? Yeah. yeah that's Pierce the last Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Actually, that's probably the only so James Bond. Go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> vote for your fan favorite. Mo- most importantly, vote for Duran Duran. And with the news, Anika. <laughs> uh, in the trial uh, with Johnny Depp suing Amber Heard for $50 million in defamation, a representative from the ACLU testified yesterday. Why was a rep from the ACLU testifying? Well, Amber had pledged that she was going to donate $3.5 million to them from her divorce settlement. Mm-hmm. And the person for the ACLU was on to say that she hadn't donated that much. So. That she only donated $1 million of it? Well, here you go. This is a representative for the ACLU testifying that Amber has only donated a portion of the three point five that she pledged to them. Also, the ACLU, I don't believe they they got into it in the audio here, but they believe that a $500,000 payment came from Elon Musk, who dated Amber after she and Johnny split. Also, they haven't received a donation either from Amber or in her name since 2019. What a scamp. It, does it sound like she's looking for dudes that have money to to pay the thing that she pledged? I'm going to give this money to the ACLU. I got to say, man, this whole trial, if anything, just has shown the truth of Amber Heard. I feel like everybody had their thoughts already about Giant Up, but I'm glad this is kind of revealing what a person she is. When you pledge to donate money and then you get other people to do it, especially if it's like... Your exes or or current boyfriends, yeah. You're a billionaire and you're interested in having sex with me. You know what I'd really appreciate? Paying some of the money. The restitution I owe. Well, it's not restitution. She had made this pledge. I will donate this money. I think it was part of the divorce proceedings, though. You could be right about that. Johnny Depp's business manager is a guy named Edward White and testified what Amber Heard's growing demands to settle their divorce were. So this is going to get into, you know, for their divorce, she just kept coming back and adding things on. So this is Johnny Depp's business manager. Uh, Edward White, the business manager, uh, detailed how much the couple spent on wine during their marriage. (laughs) Because Johnny Depp is drinking something other than wine. right? Like he switched to vodka or... I think he'll drink anything. But every picture I've seen of Amber Heard uh, at a dinner or something, she's always has wine. I don't know if that means anything. But. A lot of people drink wine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but $100,000 worth of it? Dang. I, it was 160000 during the course of their marriage. So how long were they married? From 2013 to... Like 2016. 16, so like three years. 
Okay, that's pretty hefty wine bill. They must be drinking. I hope. I hope they're not drinking Boone's Farm, because <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of cheap wine. That's a billion gallons of Boone Farm. Do you want to hear from Johnny Depp's bodyguard, who says that Amber Heard definitely changed as the relationship went on? Nobody was as big a hit as the uh, the building concierge from a couple of days ago. <laughs> But uh, there is a moment here where they're talking to Johnny and Amber's driver. Uh, the driver, Starling Jenkins, was asked by Amber's team about a story in which Johnny uh, had his his penis out when he arrived one night during an argument. So uh, they're asking the driver, is it true that Mr. Depp had his, had his wing out that, and you saw it? <laughs> I don't know if you caught that, but I think I would remember if I saw Mr. Depp's penis. It was better in a Scottish accent. I, I, I think I remember. If I saw his oh, shillelagh. You guys just said of a shillelagh. Shillelagh, shillelagh. We're going to find out about the uh, Borderland Beer Fest, which is tomorrow, and there are going to be Woo! so many different breweries with uh, their craft beers. There's going to be so much food and entertainment. Right. It's all happening down at Dead Beach. At Dead Beach. Downtown. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. This looks like it's going to be a pretty big party. They haven't had the uh, Borderland Beer Fest since 2020 because of the pandemic, and it's free. Right? Starts tomorrow at 2.30 in the afternoon, goes uh, past midnight, and this is at Dead Beach Brewery, 406 Durango Street, downtown. And uh, the guys will be by to maybe bring us some samples. You never know. Uh, the Dead Beach guys are going to come by a little bit later and talk about the Borderland Beer Fest back after being off for a, for a couple of years because of the pandemic. For your television viewing, today the NFL draft continues on ABC, ESPN, and NFL, and on our partner station, 600 ESPN El Paso. Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus are both broadcasting live from Caesars Palace. And bringing you back all the excitement of the NFL draft. Today's the second and third rounds. Starts at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. On Netflix today, the series finale of a couple shows. Series finale of Gracie and Frank. Gracie and Frankie. Oh, finale. Is that the one with Lily Tomlin and there's some Jane other old Fonda. Broad? Yeah, Jane Fonda. Some old broad? <laughs> They are beautiful, classic women, sir. Also, the series finale of Ozark. I, I haven't watched all the way through. I don't know how many seasons there's been, but there's a huge chunk of it I haven't watched. I might just jump back in and watch this, the series finale, find out how it ends up for all of them. Nice. Let's see what else is happening. Uh, speaking of the NFL draft, the Jaguars got had the number one pick. They used it to select Georgia Bulldog defensive end Trayvon Walker. The new Liam Neeson thriller, Memory, comes out today. This is the one that was either partially filmed in El Paso or partially set in El Paso or a combination. Some There's some kind of El Paso connection. To oh, it. that's cool. This Does he also he... play a father who's lost his daughter and he uses no. a set of skills to get her back? No, listen to this. He's an assassin suffering from Alzheimer's 
who refuses to complete a job and instead goes after the men who hired him. So it's like, I don't know who you are. You don't know who I am. I'm not sure who I am. <laughs> but I have a certain set of skills. Uh-huh. I can't remember the details about most of them. <laughs> <laughs> a man set a record for working for the same company for 84 years. I guess that's supposed to be inspiring, but it sounds kind of miserable, too. Well, maybe, I guess if the guy loves the work, right? This was in Brazil. A man named Walter Orthman turned 100. That's right. He's still on the job. He hasn't quit yet. He turned 100. And he recently set a new world record for longest career at the same company. He's worked at the same textile business for over 84 years. He started in the mailroom back in 1938 at the age of 15. He got promoted to sales, and now he's a sales manager. And that's the part that makes me sad. You've worked there 84 years, and you're only middle management. (laughs) (laughs) 84 years. Yep, Mr. Orthman still drives himself there, and he has no plans to retire. So technically, he breaks his own record every time he shows up for work. (laughs) You've been here, this is your 30th year, Buzz. Yeah, double that, and then add another twenty-four years on top of that. Yeah, would you? Would you do you think you're going to be doing this for another fifty years? I don't think I'm going to be doing it for another fifty weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I may, I may not be doing it for another fifty days. Today is Arbor Day. We've been uh, observing Arbor Day in this country for hundred and fifty years, and Arbor Day has to do with planting trees and. Uh, the first American Arbor Day was celebrated in Nebraska on April 10th, 1872, when around one million trees were planted in Nebraska. Now they should have saved some of them for Kansas, because you can try you can drive a long way in Kansas without seeing any trees. Do you know what a pirate's favorite holiday is? Arbor Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of kind of tipped your hand on that one. I got got Joanna. That was the only only target. Do you know what a pirate's favorite crime is? Arson! (laughs) (laughs) This is for Joanna. Nico, don't mess it up. Okay. Do you hear what what the motto is at a pirate orgy? Oh my god, what? Come as you are, and are as you come. (laughs) (laughs) What the, real quick, what the hell, what the hell is going on at Jeopardy? So I want, are they still out of control? Out out of control. And a lot of people are saying, the puns won't stop. I'm dying back here. That was the headline in, uh, a British tabloid, which do the best, was out of Ken Troll because Ken Jennings. And I don't watch every day. I don't even watch every week. But if it's on, I'll definitely watch. And I happen to see the one where uh, the returning champ is Matea Roach. And she was going on her 16th win. And he really lost 
kin troll because <laughs> she would answer, and then if she got it wrong, she would go in and make a commentary. She oh, no, no, that's not how it should have been. Right. And a lot of people are saying, Ken, what are you doing? Do you think Alex would do it this way? Mm-mm. Do you think Mayim would do it this way? Just that he kind of lost control and everybody was chipping in their you know, additional comments and everything. Well, now there's another controversy. Uh, NBC is under fire for a tweet about the current Jeopardy champion, Matea Roach, where they described her as, quote, a 23-year-old lesbian tutor from Toronto. Uh, Dang. There's no point really in shoehorning her sexuality into the description, and Twitter is letting NBC know. One person uh, pointed out how absurd the wording was. So NBC uh, went to her, I guess her social media, but she's never mentioned her sexuality or you know anything personal like that on Jeopardy. NBC mm-hmm. got it from her Twitter account and said she's a lesbian uh, tutor. So somebody said, what on earth is a lesbian tutor? You mean she helps people become better lesbians? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and... She tutors only lesbians? Have you heard that the mail's going to get slower? Is They've it? been calling well, it's the postal cost- service snail mail. snail mail. It's been that way for decades. I think, and I don't mean to offend people who work for USPS, you know, I like my mailman, uh, you know. They seem seem like they do a good job. uh, But I'm going to say this, and I'm afraid it's going to ruffle some feathers. Okay. This is part of the death process for the U.S. Postal Service. I mean, first of all, you're not sending nearly as many letters because you send text or emails. You know, that's part of it. Also, if you really want to get something somewhere, you shell out and you get FedEx or UPS, right? Yeah. Yeah. so the mail is set to get slower. And this is just what happens when an industry is is dying. The people who still use the industry pay more for less service. You know, it's kind of the way it was with buggy whips back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> if you still needed a buggy whip, uh-huh. but everybody else had a car, you probably paid through the nose for a buggy whip. Mm-hmm. Uh, the U.S. Postal Service currently considers a first-class package to be late if it's delivered more than three days after it was sent. But under new standards that take effect next month, more than 30% of first-class packages will be seen as delivered on time as long as they arrive within four or five days. The new standards are part of the Postal Service move to rely more on its own ground transportation mm-hmm. network rather than air transport. What, I think what they're really doing is kind of seeding, uh, getting a delivery really fast to other services that mm-hmm. you pay for. So the UPS wants to be more efficient. It says it will save money by reducing air costs, but it's going to take longer for you to get your mail. And also stamps uh, continue to go up. It seems like every year, and uh, I'm not saying that the UPS won't be a, the UPSP, USPS, the U.S. Postal Service <laughs> uh-huh. won't be around in ten years. I'm not saying that, but it's just going to get slower and more expensive the longer it is around. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. We're just about thirty minutes away from another cash code keyword. This is the final day for the spring promotion of GoFundYourself. So listen for those keywords, enter them on the KLAQ mobile app under GoFundYourself. And we still have money to give away. You could be a daily winner of $2,000 or grand prize winner of even $10,000. We'll have a cash code keyword every hour on or about the quarter hour mark. 
and that is going to go on all day today. The uh, Borderland Beer Festival is back on for 2022. And Gabe is here and Veronica's here. Hi, guys. Good morning. Good morning, Veronica. Good morning, Gabe. Good morning. Uh, so you didn't have one last year because pandemic. Did you guys manage to get one off the ground in 2020? No, we so right, it was years, right before um, everything kind of hit. So we slowed everything down. Breaks went on everything. And so, yeah, we're excited to be doing this one. Well, it so looks like your 15th uh, block party. Yeah. But you do more than one block party a year? We average about like three big parties, but we do low, mid highs. So we do really big ones. We do moderate size and we do smaller little parties. We have a little beautiful uh, uh, little area in the back that we can do smaller parties. All right. So we can break this up. We can break it up into the beers and food. Then we can break it up into the entertainment because that's a big part of it. And then I'm going to say other you know <laughs> let's like, do it yeah, okay so let's, taste, taste let's, let's start with gabe and the beers you got a bunch of different what are the great things about dead beach i'm going to give you guys credit you definitely are willing to share the stage thank you you know with all the other breweries not only in el paso but in the region so who are some of the breweries that are coming in do we have any first timers especially in el paso we love to always always share the stage and and that's one of the glories about being a brewer is that we get to share the industry like we're all going through the same kind of efforts and the same struggles so it's great to be able to see uh, but it's a stage. thing you see more in the craft side of things i mean when you get to the big corporate level you know they the exclusive you better not show up with a, the, the wrong big boys can. yeah these beer yeah. festivals though it's a lot more the, the guys with the horses are uh, you know they play by their own rules yeah. uh, and so we don't like to talk about them but we love to talk about local guys uh we always are, are, are willing luckily it's a small town and we're friends with everybody uh one of them one of my good friends is at Flicks brew house we have the by the way i gotta say talk. i thought Flicks had gone belly up I thought Flix Thank was God done, and then I saw yesterday that there were showings. Flix, you know, because they've awesome. been closed so awesome long. Awesome concept. I thought they were done, and you can't believe how happy I was to see. Oh, they survived somehow. Yeah, John over there is excited too. I mean, he brews so much amazing craft. Amazing great beer. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. Boy, the timing was really really bad for those guys because they were only open and they were starting like to a get, week or something. Uh, it was uh, something crazy. You know, like three months. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And then the pandemic hit, and it really really hit them at a. So, Nico, remember yesterday I was telling you how excited I was that that flicks didn't go under. And that they've started showing yep. movies. I don't know if they've started back up with their with their brews. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, they have they have amazing brews over there. Uh, they also uh, share the stage with all sorts of craft beers. Uh, Dead Beach is at Flix. Uh, they also have all sorts of array. Uh, it's a beautiful little area. I, I couldn't tell you how many beers they have, but it's a lot. They got quite a few. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's like the closest movie theater to Buzz, so he was happy. To <laughs> <laughs> Here's one that I know is kind of new on the scene because uh, Nico started doing comedy shows there, Old Sheepdog Brewery, Old which is Sheepdog. just off the the interstate, right? Yeah, that's over by uh, Lincoln Park. These guys are amazing. These guys are Chuco Town. These guys are South mm -hmm. Central. They're actually uh, maybe two, like three two blocks, blocks from our away new location. From the new yeah. location. So, okay. Oh, wow. So we're building a nice little brewery South hub Central. in South Central. You know what South. I like about that, too? Because the area you would think is kind of older and maybe it could get uh, you know there's parts of it where you're like oh it looks a little dilapidated or not but when you get into the brewery it's like the, both of your guys are bringing a lot of culture and kind of cool things to the, the area also I think right across from it is the Galleria Lincoln which is a really cool yeah. little art space so. that's right Diego Ro Robot all, all sorts of amazing artists are over there uh, you know 
showing off what, what El Paso can and do. You're talking about new. I mean, one of the things that I think is really cool in terms of, you know, having done this for a few years now and, and what's going on now, we have so many breweries that are now able to distribute their own stuff, uh, whether it is through a distributor or their own. Um, yeah. So we have a lot of new people on the scene that are going to be at uh, Beer Fest 3 Missions. Um, we have uh, uh, Public House 28, which is off of Anthony coming in. Awesome. Uh, yeah, Flicks. Um, so, of course, Aurelia's and Craft Rhythm and Brews, the the scene is growing, and we are so excited about that. Uh, what did you just crack open, Gabe? Ooh, I cracked open a Dead Beach Lager. This is a classic That's a classic lager. This is our one Breakfast of our beers. core beers. <laughs> Can I grab one of those before so, you go? Absolutely. Like, no, I mean, I do but I do like a classic lager. They're I've got plenty. the lemon pie beer called Feeling Good. Why don't you tell me a little bit about this? And this is from Dead Beach. Obviously. Yes, yes. So this is Peeling Good. Uh, obviously. Oh, Peeling Good. Yeah. My bad. I missed it. My bad. <laughs> uh, we always love using uh, local artists. So we were able to use uh, a local artist, cat that uh, uh, did the design. This is my version of a lemon meringue pie so we did a imperial wheat ale with lactose and about 40 pounds of meyer lemons it's a it's a little tangy but not so much that it's overwhelming so right. for some people who are not quite up on like an extreme like an ipa tangy maybe a more of a starter for that type of thing it's, it's a it's a perfect it's a perfect beer for for the morning for sure and uh tell me about Nico, were you going to try the, uh, yeah, the Irish I, I tried it. Uh, I, Irish, Irish, you were here. Beer. Would you try it? You want to try, try it? Yeah. It's cl- again, classic. A lot of times what, what Dead Beach loves to do is just classic. We're, That's we're not, a classic red ale right there. It's a red yeah. Irish red ale. So when I grew got up. little coffee notes. I, that's the only way I can think to describe it. It's, it's almost like a malt. chocolate or yeah, a coffee type of thing. Nailed it. Uh, uh, so traditionally, they use a little bit of chocolate malt to, to give that beautiful red uh, hue. Um, this is my version of a Killian's before that big boy took it over and destroyed what it used to oh, taste like. No. Talk about, since we're going to stick on beers for right now, talk about some of the uh, regional breweries. So you got people coming in from around Texas, maybe some New Mexico breweries involved in it. So So Borderland is the Borderland. You know, we are are absolutely blessed to live in such a beautiful town and beautiful way that our culture is just really, you know, mi casa su casa. So again, cheers to that. Cheers to that, buddy. So what we love to do is open up the stage for everybody. One of the biggest things for this uh, beer fest is um, to have everybody in the community learn about beer. Come check it out and see the different styles. And one of the cool things about independent craft is that you're tasting the local flavors from where it's coming from. Um, So we have a ton of people that are coming from all over uh, New Mexico. And one of my most, um, I guess the one I'm really excited about is Bosque. Um, Bosque. First time in Texas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where were they out of? Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Yeah. So these guys are gold gold uh, medal winners. These guys are fantastic amongst a bunch of gold medal winners, actually. Uh, but this is we're blessed that this is the first time in Texas that they're ever going to be uh, pouring, and they're going to be pouring at Dead okay. Beach. Yeah, so they, the they moved their date up a little bit to uh, join us at the fest and make a big party out of it. So if you th- come by, you definitely need to check out the Bosque Beers. Now, all right, so tell me what the kind of uh, relationship is like between you and like other breweries and the owners and stuff. Is it, There's no rivalry? 
You know what it is? It's it's a struggle. We're all right. struggling, and we all have the same same efforts. We're all smelly and sweaty, and and the same goals. I too, am not. No, no. I see a rivalry is making both better. You know, even Absolutely. if it's a team, you know, the Celtics right. made the Lakers better, and the Lakers made the Celtics better. That's if right. You, if you you know don't look at it as all out war, but if you look at it as a rivalry, it's probably a good thing for both teams. Competition is great, and believe me, I only want to put out the best best product the best best beer i can and i look at all of these all of my neighbors pushing out all of their amazing beer right. only makes now me want to be better let's talk about el paso versus some of the other cities is there a little <laughs> rivalry that the el paso brewers want to i hope so i hope so as much as i love austin as much as i love dallas as much as i love houston i adore el paso and and i am happy to be a part of a team that there's finally yeah. six seven brewer, breweries here in town to yeah, the point definitely. where even like uh highway 28 like that's not quite texas but you know what these guys are friends these guys are a part of the community and they are doing an amazing job and I just want to be a part of all of that. Let's talk about food a little bit because, uh, you know, sometimes when you're drinking, you want a little nosh. Just on the sometimes. Well. Um, yeah. So um, this festival is super exciting. We are putting so many different elements together. We are making it the biggest that it's ever been. Um, and part of, you know, like you mentioned, part of the the, the awesomeness that's going on downtown is the, the food. Um, so we are going to have four different food vendors out there. Uh, we're going to have Plant Fire Pizza. We're going to have El Jefe out there with some tacos. We'll, we'll have sushi on wheels um, but we are very excited of course to have our own dead beach craft ki- kitchen out there serving up some nice specialties including our house smoked brisket um, that we do this daily we do this you know it's fresh all of the time it is super delicious if you hadn't haven't had it but we will have it available um, at the festival um, we'll also have a smoked turkey leg we're gonna have a bacon mac and cheese um, a, a green chili risotto so we're gonna pull out all the stops it's gonna be a, an eclectic menu that anyone can find something that they can have. I don't know what it is about when you guys come in. Like I can, uh, you know, on a, a casual Friday or Saturday night, I can enjoy three or four beers and then before I start filling it. But when you guys are here and I have one, it's like I automatically get a party mood. <laughs> well, that's it. We bring the party, man. Let's talk about entertainment. So uh, there's going to be entertainment all day long. Soul Sacrifice, who's an absolutely fantastic Santana. Yes, awesome. it's really awesome. awesome. So good. And uh, Dusty Lowe. You know, Dusty Lowe. They're our house favorites for sure. Ginger boys are my favorite. <laughs> right. I think maybe now it's a rule you got to have red hair to join the band. <laughs> <laughs> the roulettes I'm not so familiar with. Fantastic. Yeah, you know? they do some uh, classic rock covers as well. So this the, the festival is um, something we haven't touched on. It's all ages. So it's from 2 to midnight. Um, it is family friendly. Obviously, 21 and over if you want to drink. Um, but we'll have music for all ages. Uh, we have the 1-800 that is more modern contemporary. The 1-800. And- can I just talk about them for a second? Yeah. Sure. They put out a song that really got popular on TikTok, and people like Christina Aguilera and oh. Zoe Kravitz and some really well-known people have used this particular song wow. on their TikTok. So they, they've got a big high profile. I, I'm an 80s boy, so I love all this post-punk, this like this like synth sound coming back. Like I've been wearing jeans and t-shirts for 30 years, and now I'm, <laughs> I'm cool again. So I love it. And then uh, I guess kind of the headliner is DJ Fame. So we close out with DJ Flame. Um, we would consider the 1-800 as our a headliner, if you will. 
um, and what happens at the end of the night, everyone's having a great time. Um, they listen to some awesome music, um, and they just kind of have, it's more like a, a chill session, if you will, um, right before they take off. But DJ Fame is one of our favorites. He's also a house DJ. He's played um, at Deadbeat just several times. And, you know, it's it's well-rounded. Um, if you're going to the game, stop by beforehand. Admission is free to this. You don't have to pay to come in, so come grab some beers. There's a game. There is a game. Oh, wow. And we usually gra- get so many people from the Chihuahuas coming in beforehand anyway. So this time, not only will you be able to get, let me, let me, we, we didn't even touch on this. We'll have 30 different Dead Beach brands available on the streets and within the tavern. So not only can you pick from some of our absolute favorites and some of the things that we've kept hidden for a little bit until we can get to this point, um, but then you can also taste some of the other craft breweries from around town and the region um, before you head out to the game and, of course, right after. Yeah. By the time the game ends, the party's still going to be going on. <laughs> exactly. when, do you think it's, uh, when do you think it's going to wrap up down there? I don't know. Like no earlier three or four than in the mid- morning? Yeah, no, no earlier no. than midnight. <laughs> but not, not before midnight, for correct, sure. Correct. Yeah, midnight. So doors uh, do close at midnight. Um, and so, you know, we'll be there all day long. Um, plenty of beer to go around. It's, it's, it's okay, going to be a lot if, of fun. If beer, food, entertainment, a lot of fun people aren't enough for you, there's also, you're going to have artists and you're also going to yes. have vendors. Beautiful artists. Yes. Um, so one of the, the most awesome things that I feel um, as Dead Beach uh, is that we like to really partake um, in what the community has to offer, right? Um, and what not what's not better than um, local artists. So we'll have some local artists painting live out there, um, which, which which we've always incorporated into our festival. So we'll have Jesse Gandaria, Gabriel Marquez, Roman Martinez, they're friends of ours. But this time we incorporated Simi. Um, and if you're not familiar with him, he's a renowned, um, he's a muralist. And so he will be uh, putting up a mural for us live in the back. Veronica um, was so just excited. showing Buzz uh, Simi's murals and they are some of the most beautiful things you can uh, see he's uh, he just nailed uh, El Paso person of the year yeah, yeah, as an artist, yes. So over Buzz Adams, yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, absolutely, we'll have that going on. We'll have a little art space um, in in part of the tavern or the the actual brewery itself, uh, where people can go check it out. Um, and then we're also teaming up with Kaleidoscope um, Art Market, and they are bringing over twenty twenty five. I think we're almost really close to twenty eight now. Um, local artisans um, that are bringing in their handmade goods, original. El Paso made goods um, for people to check out, look at, and, and hopefully y'all can pick some stuff up while right. you're out there. There is so much that there's something for everybody, and so I much. think the main attraction is just hanging out with El Pasoans and yeah. you know, having a drink and having a good time downtown by Dead Beach Brewery. We have our friends from Ben and Keith. We have our friends from LNF really, really helping us out that to choose and get all of these specialty beers that that uh, that don't are that are not always out for everybody. So mm-hmm. we ended up getting our Imperial Stouts. We have our IPAs that I know you're a favorite of. Pilsners, <laughs> our lagers. We really have an array, uh, a whole spectrum of beers for everybody to come out and just really enjoy. All right, Gabe and Veronica, thank you guys. Thank you. We'll see it's you always tomorrow. fun coming. Yeah, Pardon me? it's always a fun coming on air. You do? Yeah. Yes. You kind of want to be like an on-air person, don't you? I should. Like secretly, you know, you've wanted to be an on-air always. person. All these. Yes. All right. <laughs> uh, girl pulling the strings, honestly. She's behind the thing. Dead Beach Brewery, you guys. Downtown starts at 2.30. In hey, fact. how was that movie? We, we talked about it. Um, you guys I ran saw, into each other. I ran into Gabe at the, at the uh, Bassett Cinema. We went in to see the Nicolas Cage movie. You and your It was good. Daughter. It wasn't as good as the trailer. The trailer for that was <laughs> awesome. And it was good. And I what did you Nick end Cage. up going to see? Uh, I took my kids to 
uh, Bad Guys, which was like an interpretation of uh, like an Ocean's Eleven. Uh, it's Sam Rockwell. I love Sam Rockwell, so yeah. I was very happy about it. But, you know, it was an expensive nap. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. Let's take Thank a break. You so much. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Love the guys and ladies from Border... Uh, Dead Beach Brewery. Dead Beach Brewery and the Borderland <laughs> Beer Festival. They always bring beer. And I don't know what it is. Like these, Maybe it's the time of day. Like, they always hit me a little... A little harder. Buzz? Are you feeling a little buzzed? Every time they come, Buzz. Well, they are strong beers. I mean, they, they, they have a little bit more than, than your Miller Lights or your Bud Lights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the band that I was telling you about. The 1-800 is going to be there, and they've kind of gone viral in a way. They've got a song called Love Wave, which on Instagram had over 60,000 people using it in their... Do you know what the word reels means yes. on Instagram? Okay. <laughs> What's it sound like? I haven't listened to it yet, but it says that people, including Christina Aguilera, Priyanka Chopra... And Zoe Kravitz have used the song in some of their reels. Now, so. Buzz, who is Priyanka Chopra? She is married to Joe Jonas. Wrong. It's Deepak Chopra's daughter. It is oh, not. Right. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Did a celebrity like embarrass themselves by saying that they thought it was Deepak Chopra's daughter? Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, Jesus. That was like an entertainment story a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It was. Uh, well, the un- the one eight hundred is going to be performing. Dusty Lowe, who I think are fantastic, Soul Sacrifice, who are a great Santana cover band, are going to be performing. Everything starts at two thirty p.m. tomorrow, so you can get there pre-game for the game for the uh, Chihuahuas game, and then you can come back over to the. Uh, Borderland Beer Fest, it's free. I'm excited. What a party. That is at Dead Beach Brewery, 406 Durango Street. So it's all downtown within walking distance. One of the food vendors is Sushi on Wheels, which sounds cool to me. I've never had sushi from a food truck, but it sounds good. (laughs) I would definitely give it a shot. All right. uh, Joanna has been waiting all morning to bring us Hollywood news, so let's get into it. (laughs) Eagerly waiting. Joanna Barba with today's Hollywood notes and news. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning. Live Nation is bringing back their concert week where they sell $25 concert tickets. The promotion starts May 4th at 10 a.m. Eastern and ends May 10th or earlier if tickets sell out. Over 3,700 concerts are available throughout the country, and this covers multiple genres like rock, pop, country, and hip-hop. So get yours early if you want to get those $25 concert tickets. James Corden will step down as host of CBS's The Late Late Show in 2023. The British comedian who will have hosted the show for eight and a half years by the time he leaves made the announcement on last night's show. Oh, he sounded emotional right there. He got a little teary-eyed. Yeah, I saw the whole thing. Craig replaced, uh, Corden replaced Craig Ferguson, who hosted The Late Late Show for nine years. Corden's first show aired on March 23rd of 2015. Is it a requirement that you've got to be from the UK or I Great feel like Britain it kind of is now, right? host The Late Late Show. <laughs> who was before Craig Ferguson? I don't know. Probably. Craig um, Kilborn? Yeah. No. Is, is that correct? <laughs> no. No, I think not. it was Keith Olbermann. 
Is he British? On the Late Late Show? I don't know. It's been so long. You think I keep... I don't stay up past <laughs> 9 o'clock. How would I know any of this? I barely know who James Corden is. If it wasn't for those carpool karaoke things going viral, I wouldn't know who he was. <laughs> well, since then, he's introduced popular viral segments like carpool karaoke, drop the mic, and spill your guts. Spill your guts is the one that Fill became, your guts or spill your guts. Right. That's the one that became a little controversial there. Um, I had read that uh, he only signed on for five years at, up front, and then I guess he, he renewed for, for eight. But I thought if you're going to host a late night show, like you plan to be there for a while. Yeah, but he was also a young guy who was kind of at the beginning of his career, and his career is more like stage and, and musical. Mm-hmm. You know, he, The first thing I ever saw him in was Into the Woods. And then he was in Cats, which I, I still have. I don't. I can't imagine that I'm ever going to see Cats. But maybe I if I could either. get the right kind of uh, psychoactive substance from South America, <laughs> I might consider watching Cats. <laughs> but it would have to be something very special. I'm sorry. I kind of choked there a little bit. <laughs> Amanda Bynes just had her conservatorship terminated last month, and I'd hate to think that she's going back to her old ways, but there was some chaos at her house yesterday. Can you please set up for me, just as somebody who's not from that generation, who is Amanda Bynes? Amanda Bynes. What was she initially famous for? She was originally on All That, and she was so great that they gave her her own show called The Amanda Show. And she was, it was kind of like a sketch okay. comedy show. So she was show, a, she was a was, child celebrity. Yeah. She was a child celebrity known she, for wacky characters. She could yeah. play just, and she was young. She was probably, what, 12, 13? Yeah, she was very young when she started on all that. They gave her her own show, and then she crossed over into movies. She did a lot of, like, early 2000s movies that a lot of us Was had, she right? Lava Girl? No. Or was no. that somebody else? Somebody else. somebody else. Okay, but then, but then her behavior got very erratic and... Right. Summarize that for me briefly. They saw her having all this erratic behavior. She was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. So she was under a conservatorship. But uh, Were drugs or drinking part of it? I can't remember. Before before she got under the conservatorship? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Part of her behavior was... Okay, so that's that's what you need to know about Amanda Bynes if you're not all that familiar. People compared her situation to Britney Spears a lot, right? Yeah, kind of. Yes. Uh, I was uh, so Gabriel Iglesias was on the last season or last couple seasons of of all that, and I remember his friend Felipe uh, Esparza was telling me that Amanda was kind of mean to him. Amanda was mean to Gabriel. Yeah, <gasps> that there was a lot of back uh, backbiting behind the scenes. She was telling producers oh, she didn't like him. She didn't think he was funny. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. All right, so Amanda Bynes mm-hmm. is now exhibiting what some people are saying might be erratic behavior. Uh, yep. At about 2.30 in the morning, Amanda and her fiancé, Paul Michael, both called the cops after a verbal dispute. Paul said Amanda was taking his Adderall and was out of control. Amanda said she was very afraid for her safety and kicked Paul out. Amanda later posted a video accusing Paul of smoking crack, going off his meds, and a bunch of other bizarre stuff all right so we've got two videos that amanda Bynes posted mm-hmm. the first one where she makes all the accusations and the second one where she seems to back off the accusations. right so here's number one does she do that voice all the time i know that voice sounds so weird that sounds like the uh you know the lady they made the show about the well you know who i'm talking about what's it called 
I forgot what the show is called, but like I said, I'm two thirds of the way drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the Elizabeth uh, Holmes. Elizabeth Holmes, yeah. right? The, right. Oh, Elizabeth Holmes. But is that normally how Amanda Bynes sounds? I or? have never heard her use that well, voice before. Amanda, she, when she did have her show, was like had a high pitched voice. I remember that she was like, "Hi, I'm Amanda." That was weird. That's a weird detail. He, <laughs> he put salmon under her bed. Are they at their mom's, at his mom's house? I guess. And he put salmon under her bed? That's what she said. I prefer that over to what uh, Amber Heard did to the bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have sam- salmon under than poop on top, I guess. Okay. I so wonder the- if it can- also was in a box like Johnny Depp had. That could possibly it fit could possibly some cocaine. Fit some crap it looks cocaine. like it, it's large enough. <laughs> Celebrities, they're nothing like us. <laughs> so this is the second video. So the mom and son porn, the salmon under the bed, and the crack. All right? Okay. So this is the follow-up. Apparently they made up. <laughs> okay, does, 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 does Amanda Bynes... Realize that most of those mothers, son, they're not related. They're just actors. Do you think she realizes that? I don't know, man. You guys were telling me about that this morning, and you never heard of that before. Not mom and son. It's a major. It's a big category. But a lot of times it'll be like. Unfortunately, well, it's all fake. It's right. It's all fake. Nobody's really related. <laughs> you sound so disappointed. It's all fake. Oh no, I'm not. I'm saying like people should be rightly outraged. I mean, it's a weird. Uh, it's a topic, weird thing, but, but they're not it, actually Yeah, because that's related. illegal. But it's okay. They're not really related. Because <laughs> that's of illegal. Time, and a lot of times it's like a slightly older, like a woman who might be a year or two older than the dude. And the story is, oh, I'm married to your dad, but he's not giving it to me good. So oh, goes, my God. So it's, well, how, do you not, how do you not know this? I don't know. I'm sorry that I've never looked up mom and po- son porn. I didn't either. I just Apparently looked up Apparently you milk. just have to look up milk. <laughs> you just have to look up milk and that will come up, I guess. I went to CVS. I brought a, I bought a drug test. Paul turned up clean. So I guess she's taken back everything. But that, I think you would agree, is concerning behavior. Yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, but then the paparazzi found them later on hanging out and kissing so oh wow to be continued i guess do you remember she was in hairspray she was great in hairspray oh, yes yeah, she played penny what the one with nikki blonsky yep. in it? yes she was amazing in that and she was in a two, uh, 2006 uh movie called she's the man which is like a great movie parody of um 12th night or it's a version of 12th night she plays viola oh okay good movie very good and finally, on to the final day of CinemaCon, Paramount Pictures revealed the title of the next installments of John Krasinski's horror franchise. The next A Quiet Place movie will be a prequel titled A Quiet Place, Day One, that's set to hit theaters on September 22nd of 2023. Legitimate question. Did mm-hmm. anybody see the second Quiet Place? No. Me neither. Mm. I don't know anybody who did. The first one was all right. If anything, they're the keeping quiet okay. about it. It was very quiet. Uh, then it will be followed by a more formal A Quiet Place Part 3. Okay, so this one is like, so in A Quiet Place, did you see A Quiet Place 1? Yes. Okay, like the aliens have already killed most of the people, so you've just got straggling survivors. I guess this is going to go back to how it all... Apparently in the second one, it kind of shows how it started. Oh, it does. I wouldn't know because I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. 
Uh, a Quiet Place Part 3 is set for release in 2025. Paramount also unveiled the first look at Tom Cruise's un- upcoming mission as Ethan Hunt in Mission Impossible... Oh, oh, Mission Impossible 7, <laughs> Dead Reckoning, Part 1. Sorry, it was a mouthful. So many numbers. There's so many numbers. The seventh Mission Impossible is due out July 14th of 2023 with the second part coming out in 2024. And then Lionsgate closed out CinemaCon with a bang. The studio took over the main stage to share its slate that included Expendables 4, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, a new Hunger Games movie, and a sequel to Dirty Dancing. Jennifer Grey is God, set to reprise... Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Every single one of those you mentioned sounds Jen, awful. Can I confess something? I've never seen Dirty Dancing. What? Is that good? Even I've seen it. <laughs> I've never seen that movie. But it's, Jennifer, uh, it's a it's an eighties uh, nostalgic I mean, I, movie I guess about kind of know what it's about. about grooming children, basically is what it is. Who's the one doing Who's the grooming? grooming? Patrick, Patrick Swayze? Swayze, and she's a child. Yeah, she's like fifteen. Right? Yeah. Oh right. my god! And how old is he supposed to be? I don't know, like thirty. No. <laughs> Do they hook it up? Oh. Oh. It's been a long time since I've seen it. <laughs> Nobody puts baby. baby in a corner. That's right. Okay, why do they not put baby in a corner? Because she deserves to be out in the middle. Out of the the... Mi- <laughs> All right. She deserves to be out there dirty dancing. Corners are bad, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jennifer Gray is set to reprise her iconic role as Frances' baby houseman. Oh, her Wait, she's going to be back? Yes. Is Patrick's... Oh, no. No, he's, I think he's dead. Yeah, it's he a is. ghost crossover. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Okay. It would be great if they just used footage of Patrick Swayze as a ghost from Ghost. <laughs> I've lost my place. Solid work from Jerry Orbach in that movie, too, by the way. <laughs> Lionsgate ended with Keanu Reeves and director Chad Sahilski giving exhibitors an early look at John Wick Chapter 4, which hits theaters March 24th. With your entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barbara. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. A new Liam Neeson movie opens this weekend in which he plays an assassin who has Alzheimer's. That's a pretty cool premise. And I should mention the movie is set in El Paso. I don't know if it was filmed in El Paso, but I guess it's set in El Paso. It's called Memory Out Today. El Paso, the place where assassins retire. (laughs) So, uh, you know, Liam Neeson has really found a niche. He used to play all kinds of characters, but now he basically plays an older trained killer. Right? In most of the movies. Oh, he plays Liam Neeson. Yeah. But he used to play he used to play Nazis, he used to play Scottish clan chieftains, he Jedi. used to play Jedi. <laughs> uh, but in this one he plays an assassin who is having trouble remembering things. I was just thinking, as his career goes on, you could just kind of superimpose different age related conditions <laughs> on uh-huh. okay. Liam Neeson. So I have a few. So memory. He's he like an a, assassin with an inflamed gallbladder. He plays an assassin with with memory loss in memory. So here's a few others I'd like to pitch. Okay, blind rage. 
Liam Neeson plays a former British Forces commando who must rescue his niece from the Yakuza while dealing with macular degeneration. Actually, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> all right, how about this These one? are all fake, right? I've made all these up. Okay. <laughs> Shaken. Okay, not like taken whatsoever. Shaken. Okay. Yeah, but listen to this. Liam Neeson as a retired Israeli sniper who must save his granddaughter from the Albanian mafia despite his long-term Parkinson's. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm not done. I'm full of ideas. You ready for the next one? Okay. Yeah. Liam Neeson in Incontinental Affairs. <laughs> uh, hold on. Hear me out. Incontinental Affairs. Liam Neeson plays a Secret Service agent who mm-hmm. must come out of retirement for one more job. He has to protect the president, his daughter, from being targeted by domestic terrorists. And he must do it all while navigating the explosive world of occasional bowel leakage. <laughs> the explosive world? Right, what do you think of that one? All right, here you go. Here you go. Liam Neeson in Senior Discount. Okay. Liam Neeson is back again. And this okay. time he's the world's formerly most expensive assassin who has to cope with being offered less and less money for each job. <laughs> and in this one, let's say his godson is abducted by, I don't know, the deep state, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Just some ideas for Liam Neeson to remain an action star <laughs> as he gets older and older. You know what's weird is I'm the one who puts up your articles, and I totally didn't read that one. <laughs> it's a lot funnier <laughs> when you pres- oh, presented it to me. This is what I found is that my articles... <laughs> I always read, would read them when I would put them up. My mm. articles tend to be a lot funnier if you read them. Has so, Buzz ever done this thing where he's like, I sent you my article, now read it aloud to me. Right, no. I want to hear you Buzz read would do aloud. that to oh. me. He'd be like, Joanna, read my article I think he knows better than to ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Mm-mm. Don't do it. Please don't. No. Refrain. <laughs> it's against the law. It's against the law. It's against the law. It's against the law. This is our True Crime Report, actual crime stories from around the world and across the nation. A Tennessee man is facing charges of impersonating a Homeland Security agent after claiming that his pet fox was part of a federal canine unit. (laughs) (laughs) So Keith Redeker is this guy who is not a member of Homeland Security, not an agent with Homeland Security, but he does have a pet fox. And he made the claim after his neighbor shot the fox when it got into her yard and started killing her chickens. Oh. Here is Sheriff Chris Davis explaining this, I think you have to admit, bizarre situation. Again, the guy claimed not only was he a Homeland Security agent, but his fox was a federal agent (laughs) as well. Okay. Uh, as far as the sheriff knows, they don't have foxes as part of a federal canine program. Sounds crazy, like a fox. A woman got in trouble for slapping a little Caesar's employee across the mouth because they were out of crazy bread. 
It's funny the word's crazy in there. Right? <laughs> I couldn't think of something, but... <laughs> I'm glad your brain is thinking this yeah. way, though. <laughs> the bread ain't the only thing that's crazy. <laughs> 71-year-old woman in Oklahoma was charged after she slapped a 17-year-old Little Caesars employee. Uh, as you're going to hear... Ronald Skip Kelly, the attorney for the teen that was slapped, says that she also used abusive language before she slapped the teenager. All right. If it had been a 17-year-old white teenager who slapped a 71-year-old woman, right. they would have acted a lot more Immediately. quickly is the point that's, that Skip is making there. You know, 420 was just a week ago, a week and a few days. Can't even believe it. I don't remember it. On 420, a woman who police say was likely on drugs got arrested near Vancouver for driving with a missing tire. <laughs> I've never tried to drive with a missing tire, but I can only imagine that that would not be a pleasant experience. Yeah. A woman in her 40s, we don't have a name here, got arrested on 420 after multiple people called 911 to report that a car was swerving back and forth and seemed to be missing a tire. It had all four wheels, but the front right one didn't have a tire on it. So she was driving on the rim. Oh, man. She needs to go into the shop and get a rim job done, obviously. Right. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Police say she was probably on drugs, and they tested her. They haven't revealed the results, though, but last Wednesday was 420. So, Ma'am, what happened to your tire? It's gone? <laughs> <laughs> Police say the same car, the same car was involved in an accident about an hour earlier. It's not clear if that's when she lost the tire or if she was the one driving it, but they suspect she was. I think my car came like this. I don't know. And since we're taking note of special days, yesterday was Take Your Child to Work Day. Mm -hmm. And a 30-year-old woman, I guess, did exactly that in Lincoln, Nebraska. She brought her two young kids along as she vandalized a business. <laughs> oh, my God. The 30-year-old woman's name is Emily Anderson. Uh, we don't know if she had a beef or what it was, but she got into a brick-and-tile store through an unlocked door and trashed the establishment. She knocked over shelves, flipped equipment, tossed toolboxes around, and ripped open bags. One of her kids was inside with her, and the other one stayed in the car. Probably as a lookout. <laughs> At one point, Ms. Anderson... The culprit found some spray paint and wrote her own last name on the outside of the building. <laughs> maybe she was proud of her work. Or maybe she figured, ah, there's a lot of Andersons. All right. So she wrote her last name along with the word mine. <laughs> and helped the police figure out who did it. But she was not done yet. She drove to another building on the same property... Went inside again with one of her kids in tow and the other one in the vehicle and had the kid help. They threw chairs, rocks, trash, and other stuff. When police got there, they found both of the children outside and Miss Anderson in the doorway with no shoes on. She's facing charges for criminal mischief, child abuse, and theft because she also broke into a nearby car. We don't know if all this was related. Like if... Uh, 
You know, it almost sounds like a woman scorned type of situation, but that would purely be speculation on my part. Well, here's a story that involves a good twin and an evil twin. I think everybody loves that Is plot development. Do they do that in novellas? Because they yes. definitely do it in American soap operas. Oh, yeah. Good twin, evil twin. 64-year-old man in Florida named Wayne Bowen was sentenced to two years yesterday after he was caught using his twin brother's identity to steal $72,000 in military benefits over the past decade. Wayne sounds like an evil twin name. <laughs> what do you think his brother's name was? Dwayne. Yeah, <laughs> Dwayne and Dwayne. Oh my God, is it? I haven't got to that part of the story yet, <laughs> Joanna. Sorry. Wayne Bowen was finally caught earlier this year. He initially claimed that both he and his brother served in the Army together. Later, he admitted that only his brother served. Wow. Stolen Bauer, that is evil. Uh, it was an evil plot, Nico. In order to get the benefits, he used his brother's information to get a Florida ID under his name and then use that with his brother's military discharge <gasps> papers to apply for federally subsidized housing benefits. Oh, that's messed up, Wayne. You can't do that to Dwayne. Wayne's brother, the good twin, lives in another state, and he told the authorities that he did not give his brother Wayne permission to use his name. We're just going to have to assume his name was Dwayne. <laughs> okay. Or Blaine. Can you think of anything else that it possibly could have been? Gwayne? Gwayne, like the knight? Yeah. Gwayne. Yeah. Uh, the evil twin... Wayne is going to be required to pay $63,000 in restitution and will serve time over this. Could have been Bane? Bane. Yeah. Lane? Rain? Like, oh, yeah. Rain Wilson. Rain. Yeah. That's a good one, yeah. I believe that's going to wrap it up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking at the good clock. Job. And I know we've got an interview coming up, so we're going to go out on the evil twin story, okay? <laughs> Don't steal your twin brother's identity. Nope. Please, please, Don't, don't do it. it. At all costs. <laughs> it's against the law. It's against the law. It's against the law. It's against the law. It's against the law.